0: I don't really memorize things. I have to understand the basics and then see how the connections are, and then I start to scale that in my head.
1: This is the Brilliance Leadership Learning Podcast, sharing thought-provoking content and discussions to enhance your leadership development journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified of new episodes. Here is your host, Chantal Nash, Digital Learning and Engagement Manager from the team at Crotonville, GE's Global Learning Institute. I think it's safe to say that technology is a hot topic in almost every industry today for one reason or another, and in today's episode, I talked with Vic Abate, GE's Chief Technology Officer, during his time as leader-in-residence at our Crotonville campus. What I really liked about this conversation is the simplicity in how Vic articulates complex concepts and how learning truly seems to be just a regular part of the way he and others at our Global Research Center work. Vic talks about storytelling and being able to effectively connect ideas in this episode, so I guess that should come as no surprise, and I hope you also enjoy hearing his thoughts on the future and exactly how he likes to learn. Welcome to our podcast, Vic. It's really great to be speaking with you, and I hope you've been enjoying your time on campus. For those who may not be familiar with your role, tell us a little bit about what you do.
0: Yeah, Chantel, it's great to be here. Um, I'm the chief technology officer for the company. And that encompasses running the Global Research Center, which is really center of the technology platform for GE. So it's a great, uh, great role, great opportunity. You get to see all the businesses, um, all the technologies, and really, from the inside out, get a sense for the strategic capabilities of the company.
1: That's awesome. And you have been spending a few days on campus already as our leader in residence this week. What are some of the things that you have, uh, I guess, some of the conversations you've been having and some of the things you've been hearing from participants on campus just about things going on in in this space?
0: Yeah, I'd say um, I always love coming to Crotonville. You know, I've been with GE since 1990, and it's really uh, just an inspiring place. And as a leader in residence, you have a chance to shadow – uh, multiple classes at various levels, and you really get a sense for the pulse of what's going on around the company. So it's a real um, privilege to be able to spend a week here, to be honest, and and just share ideas. I think a couple of things that are some key takeaways. One, um, people are really interested in how do you really drive successful change and how do you drive outcomes that make a difference uh, for our customers. And with all the technology In the core and the digital industrial focus and the overlay of information, how do we triangulate that and really move industries forward? So a lot of discussion there. Um, Big ideas, some big thinking. Operational excellence, huge push on that. Um, Inventory, cash, um, faster R&D to market, innovation cycle time. A lot of excitement there. And then I think um, the framework, right? A lot of it is leadership development. So people are interested in taking complexity and simplifying it in a framework. And so we talked a lot about the technical genre this week because of at least where I come from and how we can look at technology and make very complicated ideas simpler with a framework for how we drive adoption across the company.
1: Yeah. And all of that being said, I mean, you've mentioned a lot of things there. And for anybody in the company who may be new to some of this, what advice do you have in general for helping people understand what are things that they can do to get more familiar with how this might apply to them?
0: Yeah, great um, question. And I think for everybody, you you know, a key thing is um, really in your area, what's the context? And I call it... um, n and N plus one and N plus two. So GE is really a high tech infrastructure company. And so there's a lot of systems of systems of systems. No one person really does it all. It's a network of teams. And so you have to not only understand what you do, but you have to think beyond that. So if I'm in the supply chain, how does that interact with engineering? Or if I'm in engineering, how can I help the commercial team be successful with a better proposal? So you have to be very good in your domain, but you have to have a sense for what I call um, N plus one, one layer beyond your domain. And then the real successful leaders are ones that can go N plus two, and they can start to see how the organization comes together on behalf of leading in these markets.
1: It reminds me a lot of the, I guess, slightly new, although they're probably not really new, concepts of social, social learning and that whole concept of us learning from each other, which to your point, I mean, in GE, there's so many layers that that's just kind of the way things have to go. When you think of technology inside of the company that we might use every day that people often think of in terms of productivity, things like our Yammer, um, how you communicate as a leader even, what are some things maybe you've started to do differently because of that?
0: Yeah, I think relative to the social side, I think there's formal learning, you know, the basic domain expertise you need. I think there's nothing that really replaces the hands-on Experience, you know, if you're going to be part of our power business, hanging out on the factory floor is worth its weight in gold. Mm -hmm. Um, Going out to a power plant um, out in a a field site is hugely valuable. And the same if you're in locomotives or or jet engines. So I think that hands on is important. But given the, to your point, the social network, things like Yammer, I started as the CTO of the company. A connection on what we call future think. So I'll just post ideas or questions, you know, what are the, what's the future of power look like? What's the future of flight look like? Um, Do we think our kids are going to have needs for a power grid or not? You know, the electrification of transportation, so far out ideas just to help drive the conversation. And I think that allows people that are really doing a good job driving productivity, making returns on a day-to-day basis, but to get involved in the conversation about the next generation of ideas.
1: What are some of the things, you, you listed a few there, but what are some things that you see in terms of the future of the company? Where are we going?
0: Chantel, I'd say the most disruptive technology of our time right now is additive, additive manufacturing. And when you think about the ability to, to transform the industrial space Additive manufacturing provides a tremendous um, angle to give the freedom to design engineers to do things they never thought they could do before. And when you look at the history of manufacturing, you've always had an engineering department that wanted to make things more creative. And you had a manufacturing department that said, make it simpler. Mm. And they were kind of both right, trying to drive cost effective designs. With additive, you get the ideas without any increase in complexity because you're making the part almost part um uh, weld pool by weld pool it's an, an additive process and so complexity comes for free and you no longer make the same parts so instead of making 10 parts in a fuel nozzle for example all of those get printed as one hmm. and so it's a it's a whole new way to think and i tell people in a very simplistic way you know you may take a fork and if you print it it's more expensive than if you make it traditionally. But when you print it, you get the knife and the spoon for free. Uh, okay. You can also print the place setting and you, can almost, and you can print the whole dining room table. So all of that comes in one run, whereas before it was made piece by piece in a add, in a subtractive way. With additive, it's a whole new way to think and design.
1: Got it. That's very interesting. I learned something from that just now. So <laughs> thank you for that. That's good. Um, so along with that, I'm sure there are plenty of challenges. What for you in general, what have been some of the most recent challenges for you and kind of how you've gone about addressing those or or attempting to address those? I'm sure they're not all sorted out yet, but.
0: Yeah, I would say a big um, opportunity is at the same time a challenge. I think as GE, you know, when you look at our company, we're in three massive ecosystems. We're We're in energy, which is five trillion. We're in transportation, which is four trillion. We're in healthcare, which is eight trillion. So we're in ecosystems that are fundamentally about making moving society forward. And how do we make um, how do we make it so our children can light the dining room table lower cost than we we did? How do we get it so our kids can go from New York to L.A. less costly than we did and more access and cheaper healthcare? That's our definition for success. So we're in ecosystems that are over 200 times the size of this company. And I think while that can be inspiring and exciting, it also can be overwhelming. So how do you help the 300,000 people in GE see, move, and create the future of those fundamental areas that society needs? And we all, what's interesting, we're our own customer. As we make the world more productive, we're our own customer. So a big part of the technical challenge in GE and at the research center is how do you help simplify all this complexity, help the company see, and then move and create the future of these ecosystems. And I think a lot of that is is storytelling. It's, it's trying to connect complicated ideas in a more creative way. And I think at the GRC, that's what we do. We have new labs around product management, new labs around variable cost productivity, and new labs around uh, 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 forge, new, new ways to show The future of some of these things that just words by themselves don't do it you have to demonstrate it and prototype it and that's exciting because i think everyone in ge's has a desire to shape the future
1: right and um i like that a lot of this focus is for the society's good and that begs another question that a lot of people talk about which is along with all of these new technologies and processes there maybe what's going to happen to jobs. So what is your perspective on that in terms of the impact that this kind of stuff has on jobs?
0: Yeah, I think um, jobs are going to continue to transform and what I would say, they've always transformed, but the time constant that they typically had to transform is just going to get shorter. So if you could be in a career for 30 years um, at one point in time that may now be 10 years and then a new dimension so i think it's going to put a premium on learning i think it's going to put a premium on adaptation and i think it's going to put a premium on interdisciplinary instincts so um so for example if you think about additive manufacturing it's really a weld pool controlled by a laser and a computer with materials so someone who knows how to weld will have an advantage At making that machine produce reliable parts. Somebody that's a computer scientist will have an advantage getting into an additive machine and somebody who's done traditional manufacturing would. So all of those jobs that maybe would be disrupted actually can have a more interdisciplinary um, and exciting future to create more things as additive gets more adopted into, uh, into practice. So, but the traditional jobs will change and that maybe could have been like i said 30 years and now it's 10 so i think just the change rate is faster putting a premium on learning which is why spending a week here in crotonville i think is uh is illustrative of how ge's always done this we've always had transforming industries transforming careers and so leadership training and skills training is at the center of that
1: absolutely and it reminds me of something too that I've heard of called skill stacking where, you know, sometimes people don't necessarily know where they might fit in somewhere, but if you take a couple of different interests and combine them into something, um, you kind of create this new niche of something that you could apply to. Um, so it's just interesting that you mentioned that.
0: And I think that happens in R&D. Yep. What we're seeing more and more less about one thing and more about interdisciplinary. And not often, and I talk about it, if you have an alphabet, how do you how do you use that to script the future of the company? Yeah,
1: that's a great uh, analogy. Uh, so you did mention learning, which was exactly where I was going to go next with that. So given all of this, what do you do to just make sure that you're constantly learning? Do you are there certain resources that you go to? Do you have different habits? You do something every morning, or what? What is your approach to that?
0: <laughs> a couple of practical things. One is purely. Uh, Uh, A privilege. I I hang out with some of the smartest people in the world. So at the GRC, I have a couple thousand PhDs and scientists and engineers um, from, from somebody in biology to physics to photonics to meteorology or geology. And tapping into that capability with pointed discussions around the future of energy storage or the future of hybrid flight allows me to really learn at exponential rates due to who you hang with. So that's a big a big advantage and a privilege I think in GE. Another is um, just thinking. And when I when I talk about thinking, I think like the idea. A big part of learning is are you down to the fundamentals or are you somewhere in the middle? And I always push myself and and my team to get down to the fundamentals because what I find is Infrastructure innovation, there's a few basic principles and then everything scales from there. And as technology moves in time, the fundamental principles have shifted. And if you had that technology back 100 years ago, you maybe would have optimized the world in a different way. And so never losing sight of the fundamentals and then how they move, and then how would you reshape the world if you had that um, knowledge 100 years ago. And so just thinking about the idea, the strategy and entitlement, um, also externally with GE, we have the businesses, they come into to GRC uh, two to three times a year. Um, CEOs like David Joyce, the vice chairman, he brings his entire team. We'll take two days and just debate ideas on the next generation of materials, where we believe flight is going. What does the Hyperloop mean? What's the last mile? Where are drones going to play? And so highly interactive debate and dialogue with the General Electric company around future ideas is a big part. And then outside things like ventures with Sue Siegel's team, um, startups, you know, we're out on the West Coast in Silicon Valley. uh, Universities at the GRC, we have over 35,000 visitors a year that come through the Global Research Center. Conferences like the Steinmetz. auditorium is full with people presenting ideas and you see that and then lastly you know the traditional ways of news and media uh, but a book I just read is uh, the a biography on Elon Musk mm. and just how how he's how he thinks how how he how he prioritizes things what he values um, and so somebody who's really an entrepreneur in so many arenas from PayPal to to SpaceX launching rockets, to now electrifying transportation and and solar, I think that's also an obvious way uh, to learn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Are there any? Are you a books guy? Like, do you listen? Do you listen to podcasts by any chance? <laughs> like, you know, what are some things that maybe you do personally?
0: You know, um, I'd say as of late, I'm a lot more of a YouTube person. Okay. Where I'll, I'll grab, whether it's a TED talk or a topic that I'm interested in, and I'll just go to the Internet and I'll just grab, um, you know, how does an MR machine work? What's the future of of uh, cell therapy? And you'll find there's multiple dimensions to that. But just getting the layman view first and getting a few fundamental thoughts first, then it allows you to learn, I think, much faster. And, uh, and you do, I don't really memorize things. I have to understand the basics and then see how the connections are. And then I start to scale that in my head. And that's the dialogue of, uh, I think of trying to come up with a vision that's highly technical, but also transformative.
1: That's very interesting the way you've described that, because I think I might've gone through that process myself without realizing it. And that maybe for others, that's good advice because I think sometimes when we're looking for stuff, even if we do go to the, the internet or YouTube or what whatever it may be, we're looking for that comprehensive answer or that comprehensive walkthrough. And sometimes that can be too much. It might not be exactly applicable to the context or the same environment you're trying to use it for. So. Going back to exactly what you said earlier about getting down to the fundamentals, I mean, that just seems to apply there. Get the basics and then just build upon that with what makes sense to you. I really like that.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree.
1: I'm really interested now. I want to just take a trip (laughs) down to the GRC and talk to a bunch of people.
0: Well, you're Um, welcome anytime.
1: I'll definitely uh, let you know and connect with you if I ever get down there. Is there anything else that you would just like to share with folks before we close?
0: No, I think um, the, the the closing point here would be I am totally inspired from just hanging out with the talent here at uh, at Crotonville. I think, um, you know, there's a, a lot of dynamics at any time in in the corporate world, and I am more bullish than ever about the future of this company with – the talent we have, and everybody's um, got a fire in their belly and, and confidence in their in their stride around changing, around driving operational excellence, and really fighting for the next big idea, things like additive, things like digital, um, and the future of, of, of healthcare. It's just awe-inspiring, so it's a real privilege and honor and, and humbling to, to a large extent to have the ability to come down here and spend a week and see the company from the front lines um, and share ideas. So it's just been a great week, and thanks for the opportunity to share it with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. We're glad to have you and looking forward to staying connected with you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, and of course, like, comment, rate, and share. Thanks for listening.